And welcome to Larry Reaney's America. Uh, today, our guest is Paul Ketchum, who is the superintendent of Batesville School Corporation. And uh, Paul, welcome to, web- to my podcast. Larry, I appreciate the invitation, and it's, it's nice to get to know you before the show. We caught up a little bit here. Yes, so thank yes, you. Yes, it's, uh, and uh, where were you born and high school, grade school? So I was born in the, the beautiful city of Cincinnati, Ohio, in September of 1971. So I, I'm a Cincinnati kid. Which part of Cincinnati? I was born, uh, I think it was Bethesda North Hospitals. So my mom actually was, she went to high school. So I'll give you way too much information. My grandparents are from West by God, Virginia, and they moved to Cincinnati area. My, my grandfather was a plant manager at Kaiser Aztec uh, Chemical down on North Bend Road by the president's tomb my mom went to green hills high school and ended up going to ohio state university so there's a cincinnati connection so i was born in cincinnati and uh lived in cincinnati through grade school and i moved to a metropolis of bright indiana <laughs> in, <laughs> bigger in ballstown <laughs> bigger in ballstown i moved to bright indiana in july of 1984 and started high school actually east central high school at the time was 7 through 12 there was no middle school. So my dad uh, worked at Cincinnati Gas and Electric, which is no longer now, it's Duke Energy. He worked at 4th and Main downtown. And some of his friends said, hey, you know, there's this there's this land over in Indiana where property taxes are cheaper and there's people are building new homes. So we picked up and moved from Cincinnati area to, to, to Bright, Indiana in, in uh, July of 84. And I started seventh grade. So most people can't say this. I went to East Central High School for six years, not four. Okay. And when you were, uh, where'd you go to grade school? Went to grade school actually over on the east side, a little town called Blanchester, which is a little yeah, burr over on the east side. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So again, my, my fond memories of moving to East Central High School, I know people might know the facilities now, is the, the parking lot was gravel. Uh, the baseball field had a cornfield and right field. Yeah. It was a, a much different campus than it is today. Well, how old is your dad? My dad would would be seventy two years old. Unfortunately, he passed away. Oh. So yeah, no, oh. th- that's okay. Yeah. But yeah, he uh, again, great dad worked at Cincinnati Gas Electric, as I said, and uh, you know did all the things a father should do as far as set the tone for work ethic and discipline and being courteous and kind. So yeah, great memories of him. But he he's the reason I'm I'm a Hoosier now. Okay, that's great. Yeah. So uh, after high school, or when, when you were in grade school, or high school either one maybe changed from grade school did you always think about being an educator of some type great question no i don't really remember having aspirations in middle school about a career what i what i knew was that teachers who built relationships with me with me and i think if you ask i'll ask you you don't have to answer the question but who was your favorite teacher or teachers most of the time it wasn't subject area specific it was about that person that individual identified with you, built a relationship with you, and made you feel important. So I always gravitated towards coaches. Baseball Mm -hmm. and football is what I played in high school. And as I went through high school, I had a really good biology teacher. His name was Ken Wilson. He, he unfortunately, has passed away. Used to be athletic director at East Central High School. Gave me, I got a really good science background at East Central High School. Mm -hmm. Didn't know what I was going to do with it. Uh, one of my football coaches, a guy named John Roth, was my accounting teacher. 
So I thought maybe I would want to be an accountant or business major. Uh, so that the irony is I became an educator. I, I started out in college at Northern Kentucky University as a business major and changed my major to education. I'll tell you why, but the irony as a superintendent, I'm really not an educator anymore. I'm more of a businessman. Right. No, I understand. Yeah, yeah. So, so the irony was I had a little bit of both uh, to prepare myself for this. But So when I went through high school, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Got a great education at East Central High School. Went to college at Northern Kentucky University started out as a business major and just something inside me said, this is not what I want to mm-hmm. do. So I went back home that summer. And again, I had played football and baseball at East Central and still remain close to my coaches. And one of my football coaches who actually is coaching football at Batesville this year, a guy named Tim Belmer said, Hey, have you ever thought about teaching and coaching? And literally in the weight room at the high school was an epiphany. Like I never thought about being a teacher or a coach. So I went back to school that fall and I changed my major to secondary education, science, biology. And uh, that set me on the course to, to become a teacher. Wow. So we're, uh, well, we have my oldest daughter. Uh, she was actually a student at ICA. And then she was a, one of the Indiana Scholar Awards that she spent uh, a couple months in Nogales, Mexico, okay, and got her teaching degree, taught at the academy for a couple of years, but she's been at Mount Notre Dame. She's head of the language department there, and she's oh wow, still working. Yeah, she's sixty. She's still working. She's still working. Yeah. You know, in hindsight, though, I don't know if there's a more rewarding or very few as rewarding as an educator, mm-hmm. and because you can basically watch young people grow. And, and you can prepare them for life. And it's you plant a lot of seeds as an educator, and you might not see those seeds develop till later in life. Mm-hmm. But it's so nice to be out and about, and you run into a former student and say, hey, what are you up to? And they'll say, hey, I, I loved your class, uh, and this is what I'm doing now. And again, you form those lifelong bonds, and you feel like you're making a difference in the world. So yeah. edu- education is a very rewarding profession. Yeah, yeah. No, I, in fact, uh, Matt's one daughter, Maddie, mm-hmm. uh, she's teaching at, and Greensburg, so she'll make a difference. I mean, yeah. congratulations! And and I'd be remiss not to say this, Larry. I would encourage every young person who who's looking at careers to give education a look. Right. Uh, it's a great schedule to raise a family. Uh, there's a pension system involved for teachers, and you really do impact your community as a teacher. Yeah. I I think the only thing that keeps oh, and there is a need for teachers. Um, I, I was praying that Maddie wouldn't wind up in a Cincinnati public school system because I've hit an ideal, you know, as, as being a new teacher where she would be teaching that. And, uh, I, you know, I think part of it is uh, a lot of kids come out of school with enough debt that starting out as a teacher, they have to make up their mind starting out, number one, Go after your master's degree, and number two, get a part-time job in the summer. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some flexibility. So, so you're right. I, I think that this might be a different podcast about the cost of higher education, which it has done nothing but continue to go up, oh, up, up, and up. Ridiculous. And, and and I don't disagree with you there. So yeah. the conversation is how do you start to grow your own 
future educators? Are there opportunities for them to earn college credit? And there, there is at Batesville High School. You can earn your associate's degree, and it's almost you almost at Batesville High. You can you can earn uh, at least one year thirty credit hours, which is called the Indiana College Core. Oh, I didn't know that. And you can also earn your associate's degree, which is sixty credit hours. Wow! So you can have a really nice head start on getting your four year degree. Yeah. Well, what was your first teaching assignment? That's a great, so, so I, I was a football coach back at my, like I said, East Central High School, mm-hmm. and I was never going to leave East Central High School. I was offered a maternity leave for a year. I was going to teach science there out of college, and Milan High School football job opened up, and I was 27 years old, and I, and I knew it all, right? I was the smartest 27-year-old <laughs> in the state of Indiana. So I, I left the confines, the friendly confines of St. Leon, Indiana. I went to Milan High School. In 1999, as a 27-year-old head football coach, biology teacher, uh, great people in Milan, Indiana, great experience. Yeah. So I, I taught there for four years and, and kind of missed the, the bigger school competition. Mm-hmm. So South Dearborn High School football job opened up, and I, I left Milan after four years to be the head football coach at South Dearborn High School, taught science, human yeah. anatomy. Again, so many great people at South Dearborn. I think things you go to different experiences and you learn from people what to do and what not to do and how to deal with people. Those were two great opportunities for Paul Ketchum to evolve as a professional. Mm-hmm. And I was at South Dearborn, had some success there, and then thought, is it my next kind of challenge to become an administrator? So I went back to school, got my administration license, and in 2010, I was the assistant principal at Franklin County High School for one year. And I was a principal, uh, worked with a guy named Kent Greider. Again, great learning experience. Mm-hmm. I learned how to be an administrator. And then my good friends at Milan uh, called me back after one year at Franklin County, said, hey, we have a principal's job open. And I went back to Milan High School uh, wow. about 2011 to be the principal at Milan. Okay, well, now during, from the first teaching job. Sure. Were you married at the time? I was, so thank you. I, how could I not bring up the most important partner in my life? So, Well, I thought it might be wise in case your wife wants to listen to this podcast. That's why you've made it to 85 years young, Larry. You, you, you're aware of those things. And married 61 years. So congratulations on that. So I will be married uh, next year, 30 years, to okay. my beautiful wife, Krista. Okay, so, so uh, and you have children. We have three children. Three children. Three adult children, yes. So... Did the children come all at once or all over a space period? Like my my first six were eight years apart. Yeah. And then the baby's four years beyond them. So So the running joke is I, I had a child at every school I taught at. So my oldest daughter, Madeline, I was still coaching at East Central. She was born in 1998. Okay. Krista and I got married in 1994. Okay. Krista and I actually went to middle school and high school together. Never dated. She wouldn't give me the time of day, right? She was smarter than that. <laughs> so we both went away to college, and we came back and, and just started dating it while we were, I think, probably sophomores in college. Ended up getting married, uh, and we had our first child together. Got married in 94, uh, had our first child in 98. And then uh, I went, when I went to Milan, my son Mitch was born in 2001. And then when I went to South Dearborn, my youngest daughter, Mary Kate, was born in 2004. Oh, wow. That's good. That's good area. Yeah, good spacing. Good yeah. spacing. So about yeah. two or three. Great planning on our part, right? So yeah. we, they're spaced out about two or three year, years apart from each other. Yeah. So and did uh, 
Do your children, how old's the oldest one? Now? Maddie Grace Ketchum, or Ritter, she's married, she, I should say Ritter now. Yeah. She is going, she just turned 25 years old in October. 25, okay. Yeah. Uh, did she pursue education or? You know, she did. She uh, she went to the University of Dayton, uh, Batesville High School graduate, went to the University of Dayton, wanted to be a physician's assistant. And uh, just thought that's not her calling, similar to, to Paul Ketchum as a young man. And she got a got, a, got her degree in three years, again, because she had earned some college credit mm. at Batesville High School. And then COVID hit. So yeah. spring of 2020. And she was thinking about occupational therapy, but you have to get so many hours of to watch them. And she thought, what if I was at Batesville Primary School and I could, and I said, well, we just don't let people in our buildings, right? You have to, you have to be employed there. So she took a job as an instructional aide at a college, and she, epiphany, she said, I love working with kids. Yeah. So she went back to transition to teaching through Ball State University, and she's now actually a first grade teacher over in a little Catholic school in Northern Kentucky University. Oh, wow. Yeah, so then, so that was one pathway to become an educator. My son, Mitch, is taking a little different pathway. He's currently an instructional aide at Batesville Primary School helping out with the Batesville High School football team, which plays this Friday night in regional championship. Yes. We, we can talk about that later. And he has earned his associate's degree through Ivy Tech and is now working to get his uh, undergraduate bachelor's degree in education, wants to be a teacher. Well, that's great. Yeah, he's doing it a little differently because he's being he's earning money. He's, in, he's vested in the public pension system because he's a school employee. So it's almost a grow-your-own model that I might recommend some people consider to, mm. to work in a school in an instructional aid setting and go to school, you know, at night or on the weekends or whatever it looks like. And then my youngest daughter, Mary-Kate, is a sophomore at University of Cincinnati, and she's, she's gonna, she started out in journalism. Now she's looking at public relations. So she's kind of looking at changing her major, but saying Batesville High School graduate, earned a year of college credit, helped her get a head start, know what she wanted to do. So those those are my three adult children, Larry. Well, that's great. Well, you know, my idea about the podcasting with seniors, you know, Oldenburg and uh, Batesville High, mm-hmm. it, it gives them a – they listen to podcasts. I think almost every teenager listens to one podcast or another, but they've never been exposed to it. And it also – Gives them a little bit of public speaking without an audience, mm-hmm. because sooner or later you're gonna to have to talk before a crowd. Absolutely. Yeah. And to your point, we talked earlier. It's it's a document. It's almost a resume, right? You can share a podcast. You can share your work. And, yeah. And it's, so it's a good tool. My one grandson, uh, he's a, a senior at Mississippi State this year, and he's into the media thing, and he. Uh, he was fortunate enough to have a part-time job as a DJ at the uh, university's radio station. For he still still does it, I don't know, twelve or thirteen hours a week, something like that. And this past year, he shadowed a reporter at Channel Nineteen. Wow! So hopefully, he'll get a chance to come back to Cincinnati and get a job either radio or television. Because they don't pay these kids much out of high school, out of college, and uh, he can live with my one son in Kenwood. So yeah, know. that's perfect. You know, yeah. you you talked about skills, public speaking. Another skill I'd like for every young ch- kid to have is networking. 
mm-hmm. the power of a network to connect, create those professional connections for when there are opportunities. That's a, that's an important skill set. Well, that and I I would like to see every high school kid beyond once he hits sixteen. I like to see him have part time job, even if it's just summer, but get out socialize with people in a work environment uh, because I, you know and I, I've told some of my grandkids this I said you know there's common sense or practical judgment that doesn't come to you unless you're exposed to real world mm-hmm. it, it, you're not going to get that out of a book out of any or some people are homeschool which I, I can understand it depending on where you live mm-hmm. if, if that's an option um, because if you were in New York like the school system they have I mean who'd, who'd want to go there yeah, <laughs> and, I, yeah I agree with you I, I think what you learn from a part time job has nothing to do with the money absolutely not yeah, it's more about how do you deal with your employers your boss your co-workers you learn what to do sometimes more than you learn what to do, how to do things. Yeah. At, at one time when I, uh, I was, before I turned the business over to uh, two of my sons, uh, I was in business for 54 years. And in Cincinnati, I had, uh, I was started from one business, went up to 17 separate businesses, 200 people working for me. A lot of them were teenagers and they really hit a good work ethic. Sure. And now they don't want to flip hamburgers or anything. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't. There's a little shift. I'm sure every generation looks back. The prior generation thinks they're just a little different. But but I but I would agree with you that those things that we've identified, work ethic, yeah. communication, those are those are transferable skills. No matter what you do in life, absolutely, those are important skills. Yeah. And. When I was talking to Andy Allen, he, uh, I, I know, like, the academy, 98% of the kids are going to college, mm-hmm. okay? Andy said it's about a 70-30 ratio, which I think is incredibly good. Sure. I mean, I really, you know, you can't have all chiefs and no Indians. <laughs> and and uh, t- I'll tell you, some of the trades are paying so well that... Uh, uh, you know, earn, earn instead of some of this. I, I think someone told me, like at Notre Dame, eighty-one thousand dollars a year. Yeah, I just, mean, it's just crazy. Just here in our community, let's go back to work ethic. If you learn a skilled trade and you work at it, you're going to be compensated very, very nicely. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, we need skilled laborers and oh. skilled trades, and you know, we're a manufacturing city, healthcare manufacturing. Yeah. And, and college is not for every student when you're 17, 18. And there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. Because what we've done in the past decade is we've told every kid, you need to go to college. You need to go to college. And some kids went there and they're a year in debt and they don't have anything to show for it. Yeah. We're trying to do a much better job exposing all students, not just high school students, to careers and create relevance in our classrooms. Why is math important in fourth grade? And let's just use, I'll just throw out a company, Batesville Tool and Die, Right. 
if they make a mistake, that's a $30,000 mistake based on some simple math, right? So how do you, how do you correlate that to fourth grade math? So making real world solutions and problems creates relevance in their classrooms. And, and again, I want, I want kids to know what they want to do when they leave our high school. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Tull and die. Yeah. I, I don't know. Do you know the story on Tull and die? I know a little bit about the Fluttermans. Okay. Well, you know, their first full year, I had Lance and Rhonda Green on. I've known them since they were teenagers dating. <laughs> so uh, they started out with uh, Rhonda's, Rhonda's dad, mother, cousin, Doug Bessler, and Rhonda and Lance were kind of sleeping floors and learning on the job and everything. Their first year in business in uh, 78, they did $890,000 in gross sales. Mm -hmm. uh, when Lance and Rhonda were on my podcast, their forecast for 2023, now again, three plants now, North Carolina, Mexico, Batesville, 1,000 people working. They're going to do $993 million this year. That's the American dream. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the growth is spectacular, and it's a private company. Yeah. So, you know. Again, the entrepreneurial spirit of a wood miser of a Batesville tool and die. Oh. I mean, those are major employers in, yes. in our community now. Yeah. And, well, I think other other than, well, it's no, no longer... Uh, Hill Romer, <laughs> but uh, I think Batesville, Margaret Mary is the second largest employer, I believe. Margaret Mary Health. Yeah, and they're in the top five. It's been a while there, but I know this. Typically, in rural communities, schools are the largest employer. We oh, are. Really? Yeah, if you think about a Milan or a South Ripley or a Jackson Dell in those small towns, they employ the most people in a community. Typically, not always. Batesville Community School Corporation is only the fifth largest employer in our in our city. You just yeah. go down the Batesville Casket, Baxter, Tool and Die, Woodmiser, and Margaret Mary Health. So we're the sixth largest employer. Sixth largest. Okay. Yeah, and we employ just under three hundred people. Wow. So we're not a small operation. Yeah. yeah. So so we have about a thirty million dollar appropriation budget a year. That's what we operate on. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I, I I think it's amazing. I think. You know, all the boys went to Batesville High. All my girls went to the academy. So, and they all got good. They all had good educations. Uh, let's see. We have uh, all three girls went to college. Let's see. The oldest got a master's. Rich has got a master's. Uh, Ted went two years associate, and Larry and Matt. Didn't go to college, but they're running my old, they have my old business now. So. Yeah. Again, so. it's funny how even kids from the same parents just have different perspectives and approach life differently. And here's my commitment to our community is I want kids to be prepared for what's next. What's next could be Notre Dame, could be baseball tool and die. It could be enlistment. It could be entrepreneurial spirit. So yeah. I, I want to make sure our students have those opportunities. Oh yeah. And I, I and I think, uh, I, I think things that are going on now, like um, the project for the outdoor space. Sure. BCEF project. I mean, I hit those ones, too. Yeah. <laughs> they, 
I mean, I think that's great. And the library's really got an ambitious project. They really do. The innovation hub that they've discussed with some potential partners and again, to create a, a focal point for the city where people can come, where people like Larry Reedy can come learn how to do a podcast, right? Where do you do those types of things in our community? I think the library's onto something there. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, well, they want a media, they want a media center, and they have a couple rooms that people come in and use basically for their computers, and they need a little quiet room, mm -hmm. And that's all they have. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, uh, to me, two years is, to, I, I'm not going to wait two years because <laughs> I probably, I don't know if I'll still be doing this two years from now, but, uh, I, I think the podcasting is really important. There's 3 million podcasters in the world today. That, that's amazing. I know my wife listens to a podcast when she takes a walk, when she's driving from point A to point B. Yeah. To your point, you can hit pause, you can pick it up later. But uh, the podcast has been an impactful tool in the last decade. Yeah. And uh, and well, I don't I don't do, I don't have any advertisers. I don't do it. I don't edit or anything. I don't do it for money. But uh, Joe Rogan, have you heard of him? I know Joe. I know of him. I don't know him. Guess how much, he's, he's only got one. Some of these, uh, like Ben Shapiro and people like that, they, they have a crew. I mean, it's a big production. He has one person. How much money do you think he made last year? Probably Batesville Tool and Die type money. Probably millions with a he lot of- He made $30 million. $30 million. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Because probably when he was in high school, he didn't even know what a, there was no such thing as a podcast. Right. And the only thing about him, and, I, and in fact, when I was talking to the senior class at uh, the academy, I asked them if they'd listen to podcasts. They all listen to podcasts. And I asked one guy who was, uh, he asked a lot of questions. I said, well, who's your favorite podcaster? Joe Rogan. He said, do you like him? I said, I said he has good guests. But I said, uh, if he didn't drop the F-bomb all the time, he'd probably be a semi-mute because, and I think it's totally disrespectful, but I'm sure he explains to his guests, even the women that are coming on, that uh, he, he might use little colorful language. And uh, he said, I don't, even, I don't even notice it. So, I yeah. mean, it's so prevalent today. You, I guess you don't. People people say it, women's everything. You know, it's just, uh, but it, it's incredible if you got a big name and or you have great guests. And national podcasting is quite interesting. Uh, you know, that's what O'Reilly did since he left Fox and Megyn Kelly. And... And uh, they're all doing well at it. So Absolutely. And I can tell you, Larry, I will not be dropping the F-bomb on your podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is when you when you, you look at a you look at a podcast, it's just another form of media, but it's never gonna take the place of like you're gonna still listen to some hometown radio. Sure. You're gonna Get in the car. You're not going to listen to podcasts all the time. Although, I think ninety-five percent, maybe not quite nine, maybe it's ninety-two percent of people listen on their way back and forth to work. Um, but 
hometown radio stations are important, but a lot of people are, they're not even renewing their serious XM contracts because they're listening to podcasts. Absolutely. And you're, it's almost like a toolbox, a communication toolbox. I might listen to radio or podcasts, but even with our local WRBI, I listen to Coach's Corner. I listen to Coach's Interviews yeah. almost in a, in a podcast format. It could be late at night. It could be early in the morning. Yeah. That's the medium we go to now. Well, that's what uh, I, I used to get up and every morning I'd turn on Fox News. I, I'm, I'm tired of the political stuff. So what I do, I'll get on my computer, go to Fox Digital, then go to 812, Steve Harmeyer on Errol. Does a great job. Yeah, super. All feel-good stories. Yes. I had him on a podcast. Really interesting guy. Yes. And then WRBI, uh, check out headlines, read certain stories, check the, the bits, make sure I'm not in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. So... Uh, but it, it's uh, it's a great form of communication, and I really, I, I'd really like to see older people really resist stuff like that. I mean, my wife wants her flip phone back, you know. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I'd I'd like to see people using the the podcast. So it's so simple. But they're intimidated by it. Older people, kids aren't. I mean, they pick up everything. Yeah, digital natives versus digital immigrants. Like our age and a little older, was technology is not comfortable for them. Where our children are, that's second oh, nature to them. Yeah. So maybe maybe too much. You know, with the, uh, you know, like uh, sometimes they'll come to the house and well, what's your password? None of your business. <laughs> <laughs> Put the. Put it down. Put it down. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Balance, right? Yeah. Technology is a great tool, but it can't be the tool all the time. Right. And we don't want to lose the opportunity to have conversations. But you talked earlier offline about just capturing a conversation and having that for a lifetime to share with people. Yes. Is a powerful tool. Yeah. Well, my, my mother died when I was nine years old. I have no idea what her voice sounds like. Sure. So, you know, yeah. wouldn't that be nice to hear? And uh, my, my, one of my kids said to me, he said, well, you know, when you're dead, does that mean I have to still listen to your podcast? <laughs> you said, heck yeah, you do. <laughs> Once a week, at least. Yeah. So, or one of them has to pick up after you and start the podcast part two. I, they, they don't have any interest. They don't have in no interest. No. I, a couple guys do that, uh, in fact... Uh, uh, Walt Anning-King, he's doing some really good things. Oh, with, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think he's going to be involved. I, I I think Steve Harmar might be a, a good good thing for us to team up sometime in yeah. the future. Uh, so I love Steven. Steven's a Batesville High School graduate. Yes. Done a lot of great things. I, I put out on Sunday night something that I call the Bulldog Weekly, which is a two-minute podcast audio update. Where I have a did you know, a kudos and news, and kind of a, a positive motivational message. Because I know the people, our employees, they're probably not going to read a two-page newsletter. But two minutes or less, I can push information out. So even from my office, I'm using a, kind of a podcast format to share information. Well, you know, even the growth 
of audio books compared to the written books. It's just gone crazy. Because of technology again, right? You can download it, listen to I Drive, all, yep. all those things. Yeah, and, and I mean, today, in today's world, most families, the mother and father both work. Mm -hmm. They have very busy lives. And to sit down and read a book, it, 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 I, I used to read 50 books a year wow. years ago, and I still have time for everything else, but any more, maybe one a month or something, but I, I just don't have the time to do it. But I will, if there's a book I want to read and I'm afraid I don't have time to do it, I'll listen to an audio book. Same thing. Uh, unabridged audio, not yeah. abridged. That's efficient, right? You can do that while you're driving or cutting the grass. You can listen to a book now. I don't cut grass anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that side-by-side -side over there, uh, I took it out the first time in spring this year, cut the grass. I've always had somebody trimming and doing around the pond and everything. Pulled it in here. Patted it on the seat and said goodbye. Hey, goodbye. <laughs> so I I sold that to my son Matt cheap, and that's his stuff too. I'm, uh, you know, if if I had my way now, it'd be all astroturf. I mean, it's uh, I'm never never was big in cutting grass and doing stuff like that, but uh, uh, I, I've been doing it for several years. I just. At my age, I don't want to do it anymore. And, and I don't blame you. You've got more. You've got podcasts to do and books to write. You don't need to be cutting grass. There's no anymore. more books to write. <laughs> you said you said <laughs> you'd rather something fall out of the sky on you than write another yeah, book. But you great. know, I, I never know. I just you, you know, I I could get get that bug because this uh, this buddy of mine that he's he was in uh, worked for AT and T and then then he was a consultant putting up in third world countries, communication systems and everything. So when he retired, he'd been working on this manuscript for years. And I'd always read, he'd keep feeding it to me. So he's finished up with it, and it's kind of a science fiction thing. Okay. It's, well, it's more kind of a science fiction thing. And he says, what do you think? I said, Ted, who in the hell's going to read a 1,700-page book? You're right. And he said, what if, I, what if I make four books out of it? I said, that's a plan. Yeah. He's done real well with it by doing that. That was great advice. Did you get 10% of that? that <laughs> <idea>? <laughs> but uh, it, it's, uh, you, you know, they're, I, I think just like the high school today, we didn't have anything like that in high school where you could get college credits. And uh, at Elder, there was no such thing as a wood shop. Or, sure. You know. No, I, th I think, again, credit to our community, Larry, that we're always, Batesville, Indiana is forward-thinking, innovative, oh. and always investing back in our kids. And, you know, Batesville, nothing to do with Paul Ketchum's become the gold standard across Indiana as far as uh, the, the model of earning college credits while in high school. Mm -hmm. And again, that's that's a responsibility I take very serious. And, and I feel it's my obligation to make sure those types of programs occur and our kids get the, the best education that they can. Right. So students at 
Batesville High was 700 and some. 700 is a fair number, give or take a few students. Okay. Yeah. And middle school? About 500 there, about 500 at intermediate school, and about 500 at the primary school. So we're up about 2,200 students. Yeah. So, I didn't know there was that many. Yeah, so you think about we are the largest restaurant, the largest transportation system. Uh, we are, we're the sixth largest employer. So just getting 2,200 kids and 300 staff members to work between 7.30 and 8 every day is always a, is always a challenge. Jeez, I mean, that's, <laughs> I, mean, that's, I didn't realize it was that big. Although uh, two of my... Uh, uh, two of my grandkids in Indianapolis that go to school. I think there's 5,800 students. I mean, I think Batesville's right size. You can get too yeah. large a school, and yeah. you can maybe have too small a school. I think Batesville's the appropriate size to give every student quality opportunities. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, you know, Batesville's only city of 7,200 people. Yeah, um, and Oldenburg's a community of 700 people. Yeah. <laughs> so, but they have a great party in July, so. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I had the chairman on, Andy. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Know, what, what a fantastic festival. And again, just another beautiful part of our community. Yeah. I mean, it's just, there's so many things going on here. The uh, things, just like when they had all the umbrellas here, people would come in out of town. Schmidt's Bakery, people come from Indianapolis, Cincinnati for the thingalings, and there's just always something going on. Always, always something. So the yeah. Batesville Area Arts Council supports all six schools, the four public and the pri two private, the St. Louis and Oldenburg, and, and they invest about $40,000 a year in a program called Arts and Education. Again, they just give every kid opportunities to experience things, to see what, what are they passionate about. So again, an unbelievable community providing support for our students really yeah that's i mean that's terrific that's and and uh what what do you think about the outdoor project what's your take on that i love it i do too i love it and here's why because balance technology is a great tool yeah. but we don't need to be on it all the time and there needs to be time you know a lot of data says sunshine vitamin d moods well explain to the audience about the outdoor project. So well. the so every year the Batesville Community Education Foundation thinks of a, a project and support it through our annual campaign. Okay. And we've got a little area at Batesville Primary School that's kind of a little cutout. If you've ever been by the primary school, there are some grassy areas. And the director, Ann Wilson, and the principal, Brad Stoneking, said, what if we completed one of these areas with outdoor learning spaces? you know, opportunities for kids to read, maybe small lecture groups, again, outdoor activities, still continuing education, but doing so outside. And again, I, I thought that makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, absolutely. Nature's always been a great classroom, so why not leverage some of that, those yeah. natural, even even a, a cooler day, might, some kids might like to be outside when it's cooler, not too hot. It's just, uh, we've, we've had a, an amazing outdoor garden on one side of our building, now we're going to have an amazing outdoor classroom on the other side of yeah. our building. That's great. Because, you know, I've been reading lately and was kind of amazed that, uh, and I think it's more big city than anything, that a lot of the younger children in middle school, high school, have some depression problems. And I think, you know, if kids have mental health problems at 
at a young age like that, well, something has to happen because it's not, they're not going to shake it unless they get help right away. Yeah, behavioral health, anxiety, depression is real. And it is, it is a barrier to the educational process for some students. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, don't know, I don't have a pinpoint. Was it COVID? Was it technology? Was it all the above? Something's happening in our society. I, I think COVID was... COVID and some of the politics that we've seen in over, over a period of years and the divisiveness of, of the country is... I think affects kids too, because there's some some family members are one way or another, mm-hmm. and the kids get confused. Yeah, anytime you polarize a topic, yeah. left or right, yeah. uh, it's 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 there's there's winners and losers, and 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 that's one of the tough parts about my job is I'm I'm apolitical, right? I'm not an R or a D. I'm an S. I'm there for students. Yeah, and a lot of times, sometimes schools get caught up in that in those conversations. Mask, no mask, you know, in person, online. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I'll, I'll give Batesville credit. I thought we, we did the best we could. We got kids back. They stayed there. We worked through the mask issue. So I feel good about our community and how we navigated through COVID as, as a school corporation. How many, would you have any idea of how many kids actually went to homeschooling because of COVID and didn't return to I don't have an exact number, but it's probably less than, than 10 families. It's uh, right. Really, what I think people found out about COVID was how important social interaction is when it's appropriate. Again, homeschool is a choice if that's what you choose. But I think we talked about part-time jobs are important, not so much for money. Going to school and socializing, oh, is, socializing. is a huge skill. I mean, we, <laughs> you know, my high school class, there's uh, 213. Okay. And... There's, uh, maybe we know of at least 130, some are dead, and Mm -hmm. 75 we can't get hold of. So if you take that percentage, probably another 30 are dead out of that 75. And the, you get the Alzheimer's and other diseases. I mean, uh, as you get older, Mm It, it it's really hard as as I get older the hardest thing for me to do is watch family and friends die mm-hmm. I mean uh, I, we had a grade school reunion I organized this <laughs> and uh, so it was our 70th grade school reunion this is a couple months ago and it was kind of funny because we had I think only 11, we had some of the spouses were there, but there was 11, and I set up a uh, Zoom for twins. Uh, the gal lives in Manhattan, and her twin brother lives in Florida. Mm-hmm. So we set up a Zoom so they could talk to everybody in the class. And uh, so er- aches and pains, and, you know, the, uh, sitting there, my, my wife, Sitting talking to a girl, my wife's a year younger than me, but a year and a half. But anyway, uh, she's sitting next to this girl, Mary, and I was sitting next to Mary, and a buddy of mine, Roger, was sitting next to me. So, anyway, we're food's coming after I've been there a couple hours, and Mary said, um, 
wonder where my food is. I said, well, Mary, did you order anything? Yeah, I think so. I said, no, I think you ordered another Chardonnay. <laughs> I said, maybe I did. So I waved a waitress over. <laughs> waitress, I said, uh, what can I get for you? Oh, I don't care. Just bring me something surprise me. That's funny. So I said, okay. Well, in the meantime, she had already taken Roger's order. And I said, what'd you order, Roger? Oh, hell, I forget. <laughs> so, <laughs> Surprise I mean, me. I, I should have recorded it. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah. who's on first, right? Who's yeah. on first skit? <laughs> but, and, and it's funny, uh, uh, it, it, and people age at different levels, too. Sure. You know, I mean, there's uh, uh, some... Some have more aches and pains. I've been very fortunate, but uh, some uh, some of the guys have just been through everything. In fact, one told me at our grade school reunion, he said, you know, every time I call 911, they'll say, what's wrong, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, there's a there's a quote that it's better to burn out than rust out. And I look at a guy like Larry Reedy, and uh, you're, you're keeping your mind sharp, your body sharp, you're always Trying learning. to keep the old man out. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you're doing a good job with that. So, so, a lot to be said about that. Yeah. So what, what do you think? First of all, I, I don't think Batesville, I know I, him, Mike Bettis on and... Uh, you know, Mike thinks uh, if they have a 10% growth per year, that's about what they can handle. Because once you get over 10,000 people, you get different funds from the state than you do with under 10,000. But what could each school handle as far as growth without expansion? That, that's a great question. We're actually having that conversation. So even though we have approximately the same, we have about a 1% growth in student enrollment. So every year we add about 20 to 25 students. That's for all the schools. For all K through 12. Yeah. But what has happened recently is we're getting more and more students in the K1, 2, 3, younger families moving back. So we're pretty close to being saturated at Batesville Primary School. So we have something what's called open enrollment right now, which means we'll take students from other districts who want to come to Batesville. And, you know, that would probably be the first thing that we'd have to stop is taking out of district students unless we were to add classrooms, add more space to the primary school. We're not there yet, but we're starting to have those conversations. We have eight sections per grade level. So there's eight first grade, eight kindergarten, eight second grade. We have our specials, our PE, uh, music. And we have a couple little Bulldog Academy, or preschool academy rooms. So we're, we're at capacity with rooms. We can reorganize and restructure some things, but we're getting closer to having that conversation about what does the primary school do? Because the cafeteria was built, you know, for 450 students, not, not 550. So how do you feed all those young kids? The restrooms, right? The restrooms are built for 400 kids. So, so we're starting to feel a little bit of those growing pains in our primary school. Now, the high school... It's almost like an open campus where kids are going to co-ops, internships, Ivy Tech. Very rarely do we ever have 700 students in the high school. Okay. They're, they're at school doing something, but they're not in our building. So we have a little more capacity at the high school. So primary school is our biggest, most immediate threat. And obviously those kids are going to advance intermediate school, middle school. So I use this 
it's a good problem to have, but it's a problem if you get too many students yeah, in, yeah. in your school. Yeah, I think uh, Keith Menner told me, I believe the academy, he said, if, uh, and, and it's small, you know, very small sure. enrollment to start with, but he said if they had uh, an influx of 70 more students, they could handle that, but that's about it. That's about it. So we all have our capacity. Uh, but yeah, those are good problems to have versus a lot of rural schools are declining enrollment. And you may know, Larry, maybe not, that basically schools are funded on their student average daily membership. The more students you have, the more funding you draw right. from the state. So when you have declining enrollment, you still have the same staff, but you have left less income to pay that staff. So you have to make some business decisions. Yeah. So that be interesting. So in, where, where do you think... The Batesville School Corporation, five years from now, where do you think it's going to be as far as capacity, or are you going to have to expand? If I looked in my crystal ball, I would say, yeah, there would be some buildings in our elementary schools that we're going to have to make some some expansion, whatever mm -hmm. that looks like, or reorganization or leveraging other community partners. But, you know, there's more homes being built on 129 uh, behind Kroger. Out towards on Huntersville, there's a there's a there's a subdivision laid out. So I, I would anticipate more people coming to Batesville yeah. for all the reasons we talked about. It's a wonderful place to raise a family. We have fantastic schools. We have a fantastic you know walking trails, YMCA, oh, center location. Center, you're an hour. 40, 45 miles downtown Cincinnati, sixty five miles downtown Indianapolis. All those I'm, things are drawing our, our friends and family to Batesville. Yeah, yeah. At one time, I, I don't know if this is still uh, a prevalent deal, but uh, Delhi pilot, Del, Delta pilots were flocking to Batesville. Yeah, I know there was a trend in, I think, probably the late 90s. Yeah. Uh, obviously, CVG is a Delta hub. Yeah. So a lot of those guys, want, again, they want to raise their families in, in, a, in a town like Batesville, Indiana. Yeah. You know what we're seeing, Larry, is it used to be you got a job at Hill and Brand, Baxter, and you moved your family here. And it's we're starting to see people who work remotely that just want to live in in Indiana, and they're moving from other states, they're moving from other areas because they can work from their house, mm -hmm. but they can raise their families in a community like Batesville, Indiana. Yeah, well, that's what we uh, when we built a home here, and you know, don't get me wrong, I was raised in Price Hill. I wasn't born, I was born in Newport, Kentucky, but raised in Price Hill. A lot of friendships and what you could buy property for then in Indiana sure. versus what you could in Cincinnati. And Cincinnati, you were buying a postage stamp lot yeah. with almost barracks situation as far as homes close to each other, which I like neighbors, but not, not that. Yeah. yeah. I'm the same way where I live. I live out in Morris, the metropolis of Morris, yeah. the suburbs of Batesville and Morris. And I love the fact that I have some great neighbors, but there's not a lot of them, but I can be in downtown Batesville in nine minutes. Yep. So that's yep. kind of the, 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 the winning combination here. Well, you know, I just found out uh, this morning that uh, the Izzy replacement is now gone. I had heard that through the grapevine today. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I, it's not my business. I loved yeah. Izzy's. Uh, oh, I did. Yeah. yeah, so we'll see what happens there. But, again, just a community center focus. So, yeah. 
I have, I have an, I live in a glass house, so I, I don't throw many rocks. So I just worry about Batesville schools, but I hope they find a nice restaurant to go in that location. I do too. Yeah. It's, you know, we're at the point, uh, years ago, we'd go to Cincinnati for dinner on go to Indianapolis. We go out now, it's either Batesville or maybe Market Street in Harrison, or maybe a place in Greensburg. That's it for me. I don't like driving at night anymore. Uh, I'm the same way. I'd much rather eat locally and be home in 10 minutes after dinner. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, and there's some some good restaurants here in town. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I like to eat. Oh, I do too. (laughs) I, I mean, in fact, we have the most fun on that that beer podcast is when we started doing we had uh Ison's pizza first that was classic um then um uh, Randy's Roadhouse and then we had Village Store oh wow. yeah down Oldenburg did have you, you ever go there oh go yeah with? I'll go down there yeah. they, they have great lunch meat I'll go down there and get some lunch meat for yeah. a week sometimes well see I always buy when he has a sale I'll buy a a whole sirloin and have it ground up in a ground beef. Sure. Because it's, if you go look at what you're paying for ground chuck at Kroger, no. Uh-uh. So, and then uh, they've got a little electric oven for pizzas. Okay. And then they use Hunt, Hunt Brothers, which are in. Over 9,000 locations. Hmm. You know, a lot of the combination uh, grocery service station type things and something like a village store. And he does a real good job. So we had his pizza on. It's really good. <laughs> and and I'm, it's not fresh dough. It's not, you know, it comes frozen with the uh, sauce. And the cheese is frozen. They just add toppings that, and it's it's it was really good. I was shocked. Yeah, I, there's no bad pizza. Just some pizzas no. are better than others. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I love you know. I, again, I like to eat. I love pizza. I do too. In yeah. fact, I uh, we're in, tomorrow night. We're doing something different. We've had we we're going to do all the local pizzas first, mm-hmm. but just for the heck of it, we're going to do couple frozen pizzas tomorrow okay and what i did i i watched this on youtube and i watched about six different six different episodes of different people they have what they call a pizzazz plus <laughs> tell me about that or pizza pizza's 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 ass this is an open oven heating element above and below you got this revolving little platter. Okay. You take a 12-inch frozen pizza on there, and you use their recommendation because you don't have to preheat an oven or anything. So you put it, say, 13 minutes. Uh, put it on dual for unless you've got maybe a rising crust, but you can go either bottom, top, or dual. So you put on dual. I made one the other day. Uh, it was just a tombstone. Mm-hmm. It came out perfect. Wow. I mean, it's idiot-proof. <laughs> <laughs> and so tomorrow, we're going 
we're going to do uh, three beers for one, three beers for another, 12 inches. That, that gives uh, four of the six slices of each. So That sounds we, like a scientific experiment. Yeah. So what we're going to do, I got a, a screaming Sicilian, they're all pepperoni, okay. screaming Sicilian pepperoni and a DiGiorno pepperoni. So I'm going to bring my little pizza Zayas over here. And we're we're going to make the pizza here for a change just to see. I mean, I, I love getting pizza at Ison's or Classic. Any, in fact, I, I own Classic Pizza. I started Classic Pizza. Didn't know that. Yeah. But uh, my son Larry, after five years, he said, I don't I don't know what I want to do with the rest of my life, but I know what I don't want to do. <laughs> Sometimes that's good to learn. Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, there has to be a reason that everybody buys a lot of frozen pizzas. Mm -hmm. And we've always had a frozen pizza or two in a freezer because if you want just something on the spur of the moment, and you don't want to wait an hour for delivery mm -hmm. or drive to town to pick it up. You throw it in the oven. But with this, no preheat in the oven. No, you know, no. We got a commercial range in our house, so the heat just pours out of that. And uh, this should be very interesting tomorrow night. That sounds like a great time to do that. That'll be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's. Uh, and it's an easy cleanup. You know, you just take this little revolving tray off. It's uh, it, it, the pizza just slides right off. Though you put a little soap, water on it, spray it, and it's done. She's so, good as new. Yeah, so, that's fantastic. So, anyway, uh, any suggestions for young people to really think about being in the educational system? Yeah, so thank you for the opportunity to kind of promote the profession. And I think one of the most impactful things I could say to a young person listening to, to this podcast is visualize me tapping you on the shoulder, say, I would love for you to join our school family and help us make a difference and give back to your community. It's a great schedule to raise a family. There's a lot of opportunities to coach sports and clubs. And you said earlier, if there's other, you know, the summertime and some weekends and holidays, you can travel, you can do some things. But I really think it's a noble profession, and it, sometimes educators get a bad rap, but the, the, our most preci precious resource in our community, Larry, is our young people. Yep. Right? And, and we need to lift them up and grow them and, and make sure that they're ready for what's next. And so, again, if you're thinking about a profession, I think look at education. Love to have you join the Batesville team in a few years. Yeah. Do, you, uh, do any of the teachers, I mean, uh, you can basically... I think from the time you're about in the sixth grade or seventh grade, uh, you're not quite a young adult, mm -hmm. but you're pretty sharp. You know, oh, most, yeah. Most people. And do any of the teachers, uh, if they have someone in a class that they, you can almost tell if years down the road they might be teacher material because they're outgoing, they socialize very well. They're not afraid to get up in class and talk. Do they ever say, as you as you grow and you go through high school and that, you would make a good teacher? Do they ever say that to kids? 
you know, I'm sure those conversations occur just because those those teachers have done that for a long time and they see the intuitive skills that some yeah. good teachers may possess. But I think besides saying that, I think we need to do a better job making sure kids explore what's out there for educational and for job opportunities. You know, I, we, we can't just focus only on the Indiana academic standards. They're important. We're going to give kids a great education, but we want to give kids curiosity to enjoy learning and to learn about what their strengths and weaknesses are and what they may or may not want to do. But I go back to your original question. Why am I a teacher? Because my football coach told me in the, in the weight room, hey, have you ever thought about teaching? Right. And, and it changed the trajectory of my professional career. So I'm sure those conversations happen yeah. at Batesville. But I just wonder if they happen at a younger age. I'm sure they do. And sometimes you hear kids say, I want to be a teacher. And they really? just know. Yeah, I've heard that from... We'll interview teachers every year. From the time I was in elementary school, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I hear that more often than not from teachers. Jeez, when I was in elementary school, I wanted to be a pro baseball player. That didn't work out <laughs> didn't for work me. It. Could have been a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that's a joke that, that kids know about five things, what their mom does, what their dad does, fireman, police, police officer, and teacher, and maybe pro athlete. Yeah. Maybe throwing YouTuber now, right? Influencer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we're a little over an hour, so it might be time to wrap this up. Uh, any parting comments? I appreciate the opportunity to get to know you personally, and thanks for letting me be on your podcast. And the hour went quickly. Just a great conversation. Today. Yeah, it's fun. It's relaxing. It it's, is. Uh, you know, we had a, I won't mention who they were, but these two women, they were a nervous wreck. And... They're dealing with the public all the time. I mean, they were, they come out here and say, I don't know if we can do this or that. Well, we talked for about 15 minutes. I couldn't shut them up <laughs> in the podcast. Once we started, it takes this. And I mean, they were great. It That's was a awesome. great podcast. But they had this thing that I said, nobody's here. There's nobody. You don't have an audience. But somebody's going to listen I said, maybe. <laughs> Hopefully that's the idea, right? That's the idea. No, great time today. Thanks for the opportunity, Larry. Okay. Well, let's wrap this up, and we're going to go out with the national anthem. I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast today. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. And I will talk to you on the next podcast.